Welcome to Random Rambling and Rhetoric with TJ Mercer. That's my TT. And it's all powered by the Samsung Notes. Now, here's my TT. I just loves me some porta potties, said no one ever. I don't know about you, but the ickiest thing on the planet is when I am forced to use a porta potty. I try to hold my bladder until the last possible minute. And what about nasty public restrooms? Ew, public restrooms plus kids. Parents, what do you do as soon as you take them to a public bathroom? You make them hold up their hands and forbid them to touch anything. Then you get in the stall, there's no toilet paper or seat cover, you handle your business, come out, and then there's no soap or paper towels. Lord, how much of Jesus is just not a good situation all around. Fortunately, though, fortunately, there's the restroom kit, a full bathroom solution the size of a lightweight deck of cards. A deck of cards, y'all. I keep one in my purse all the time just because it's complete with a full patented oversized toilet seat cover, enough toilet paper to cover the essentials, plus wet wipes for your tushy and your hands. The restroom kit is a don't leave home without a necessity for your road trips, you going camping, the beach, festivals, basically any restroom that ain't yours. Even that friend of yours who's cleaning is not their strong suit. You know what I mean. So pop on over and visit therestroomkit.com. That's therestroomkit.com. And when you use the code RAMBLINGS, R-A-M-B-L-I-N-G-S, you will get 15% off your purchase. So stop going to the bathroom without the full protection you need. Go get the restroom kit at therestroomkit.com. So I'm TJ Mercer. I am the chief noisemaker of Media Mavericks Academy, where I get to teach authors, experts, coaches, and entrepreneurs how to book themselves in the media without a publicist and without being a celebrity. I'm good at it. I'm a beast at it. But on Tuesdays, I share my heart. And so I wanted to share a message that hopefully, usually when I do these, I have a clear outline of the lesson I want you to get the message I want you to get, and and this time I don't, really. I'm just going to share my heart, and hopefully, hey, Victoria, hopefully, I'm going to share, Brenda, I'm just going to share my heart in such a way that you find the message for you, all right? So, most of you know that my one of my favorite uncles recently passed unexpectedly. It was a complete blow and a complete surprise for us because uh, we were we had planned on surprising him two weeks later. And so I had my issues with God. For those of you who don't know, I am a a uh, unapologetic Jesus freak. If that's not your belief system, still stick around, chew the meat, spit out the bones. But I was having my issues with God about that because I'm like, yo, dude, I talk to you every single day. You could have warned a sister that this, you, this you were going to do this. We could have, so we could have moved the trip up, and now you've deprived me. You've cheated me. You've cheated my uncle of having the joy of seeing his niece and his nephew de de descend on his house and surprise. You know, and I'm because I'm big on surprises, so I was having my issues with God about that. Um, and so we were getting dressed for the funeral, and. 
my necklace broke. We were getting dressed. We were all in the house. No, we were getting ready to, we were getting the house together to leave. And this was all in Indianapolis. Hey, Brenda, Rochelle, Nakia, Frank. Hey, y'all. Thanks for joining. So my, and my necklace broke. And so my little brother, who was six four, he ain't really my little brother, but he is, he will always be my little brother. We're 12 years apart. And so I've, his whole life, I've kind of been that cross between almost being a teenage mom and being his big sister. And we are, we are quite tight. And so I looked at him and I couldn't get my necklace fixed. And I looked at him and said, but can you fix my necklace? So he and my three cousins are my two, two cousins. They have descended around trying to get this necklace fixed <laughs> before we walk out the door. Then while that's happening, the limo has arrived for, you know, to take us to the, the funeral home and, or to the, to the funeral and I can't find my coat. So then I looked at my little brother again and, um, no, my mother couldn't find her coat or something. And so I was like, Bud, can you go out in the car and see if mama's coat is still out in the car? So he turns, he does that. And then I really forget what the third thing was. The third thing was, what would happen? Something happened. Oh, I needed help with my shoe. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I said, Bud, can you help me with my shoe? And he turns and goes, you're being kind of needy today. You're being kind of needy. And something about that, I just turned and goes, yes, I'm needy. What's wrong with that? And it might not sound like a big deal, but in that moment, hey, Tony, Leslie, and Buenas, in that moment, they had a split second recollection of a revelation that you've really grown. And as I, we were riding in the limo, I kind of was just reflecting and thinking about it that the TJ, if you follow me often, if you've been around me for a while, you know I'm the world's greatest hugger. I give the greatest hugs. It is my superpower that God gave me because I asked for it. I'll tell you about that in a second. But um, that wasn't always the case of who I was. I was the person who wouldn't let anybody close to me to really accept, like, I second guess and I held you at a distance if you weren't my family. Because for me, family, we're, you're supposed to love family. But for me, I couldn't believe that people could just love me for who I was. And I know it sounds strange. And, and, and when I reflect back on that time, like I didn't let nobody know how much they meant to me because that meant that I was needy. It meant that I needed them. It meant that I gave them permission to hurt me. It meant that they could withhold something from me that would devastate me. And I probably went into my 20, my, my, excuse me, my thirties with this thing. Brandon said, you go, girl, be needy because they should recognize Hugger too. Yeah. And so it was one of those things. I remember having moments of, you know, conversations like, oh, there's no way I'm going to let them know that I love them because then they could use me. They could, you know, hurt me. And I was not affectionate, really, not like I am now. Like I've always been like harassed my mother with affection and my family. 
but like adults with even, you know, men that I was dating, I wouldn't let anybody get close to my heart. Because to me, for I, and I honestly don't know where that came from. So this is not a bit psychological, you know, revelation of I got to the core of it. I just, I don't know where I picked that up from. I don't know what came from that or what made me started being that way. But I took that mentality well into my 30s. And uh, when... Somewhere around the top of my 30s, and Buenas, you'll 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 recognize this. Somewhere at the top of top of my 30s, at my church, there was a man named Robert Tolan. And Mr. Tolan would stand at the front of the church. And I call him Mr. Tolan, even though he was my age, but he would stand at the door of the church and he would greet you every morning coming in with a hug. And for those moments that you were in Mr. Tolan's arms, you felt like all was right with the world. You felt he like it, it was almost like time stood still. And that um, just nothing else mattered for those 10, 15, 20 seconds, how, however long he held you, just everything was good and calm. And one day I got the devastating phone call that Mr. Tolan had had, um, I think I, I think he had a pulmonary embolism and had been found dead. He was a truck driver, had been found dead in his truck. And I just remember my very first thought, selfish thought was, oh my God, no more Mr. Tolan's hugs. And I was just like, geez, that was so selfish. This man left behind a wife and four children. You know, <laughs> you worried about you won't get any more of Mr. Tolan's hugs. And but at that moment, I was specifically remember asking God, whatever you gave Mr. Tolan, and whatever you gave Mr. Tolan, can you give it to me? Because I want people to feel that. Because I remember his hugs; they were enveloping, they were healing. And so I didn't think anything of it until one day I hugged somebody and they came out of my embrace and they were like, oh, my God, that was the best hug. That took into my 30s. And then when I went through my um, my domestic violence experience and where I almost lost my life several times at the hands of my ex-husband, when I came out of that, that's when I changed. That's when I started kind of letting my guard down. It's kind of crazy. Like the one time my guard should have been up, you know, you would have thought that I would have done the opposite. Guards would have gone straight up to the ceiling. But I don't know if it was because I almost died. I don't know if I recognize the power of the people around me, my friends who came to my rescue, the love of the people at my church, that I, I decided. I'm going to just love people because what's the worst that can happen? And maybe as I'm talking, maybe it was because I knew if I could survive somebody actually literally trying to take my life and I got out of that, ain't nothing I won't come back from. So if somebody hurts me, if somebody betrays me, if somebody hurts my feelings, yes, it hurts. But God has shown me I'm going to come back. 
And then when I started opening up about really seeing, like I was a type, like I didn't want to let anybody do anything for me. I, I didn't want to trust people to count on them to just do anything for me. If it was outside of my mom um, or my family, I wouldn't ask any of my friends, can you help me? Can you do this? And the night, ah, maybe that was it. Because the night that I decided to leave my husband, it was under the cover of darkness. I knew I couldn't do it by myself. So I had to make a phone call. And I called my cousin. And my cousin dropped everything and got here. Then another night when I had to sneak in the house and get other stuff out, I called one of my friends. She came and dropped everything to get to me. So maybe that was when it kind of clicked, like when people love you, they're going to show up when people, when people really do value you and, and love you, they are not going to intentionally hurt you or let you down. And I have grown from the, the point of, you know, I have no qualms about telling people now I need you. It is really baffling sometimes of how I'll say it. I need you. And so it just got to the point when my brother said, when he said, you sure being needy today. I was like, yeah, what's, what's wrong with being needy? Because we, people are hurting people. Social media makes us feel like we're all connected and life is good. And behind closed doors, people are desiring that human connection, but they don't want to ask for fear of being rejected. And here's my thing. I learned a long time ago, I'd rather you reject me and I know, because then I can go deal with that and process that. I, you ain't going to kill me. It ain't gonna, I ain't going to die from it. I'm going to come back from it. And so even with my, my new right hand, Reneka, uh, she's the yin to my yang. You've probably heard me talk about it. She's the yin to my yang. She's my, my, my left brain to my right brain. And um, she jokes around or something. And I'm like, I have no qualms about saying, you can't leave me. I need you. I can't do this by myself. There was a time where I was just like, I'm gonna try, I am don't need you. I figured out. If you don't want to stay, you got to go. I don't want to hold you here. Don't get it twisted. You are replaceable. That's who I used to be. But now... I let people know when I value them. Some of my family thinks I love on them too much. Actually, my cousin always says like, why you got to tell me you love me all the time? But I just grew to the point of being okay with, I need people. There are things that God has called me to do that I know I can't do by myself. I got to trust that he's going to equip me to ask the right person for help. What has happened that it, we got to the point where even asking for help is considered needy. Asking for what you need in a friendship, in a relationship. You know, we, we term it with needy. No, that's how I'm built. I need to be hugged. I need to be loved on. I need to be made to feel valuable. And even if you drop the ball, if you if you um, don't follow through, it doesn't mean that I'm going to love you any less. I just may pull back until you decide you're going to fix it. But it's not going to change. I'm not I'm not going to stop being needy because I refuse to go back to who I used to be. But somehow, you know, like I hate that phrase of 
of if you don't build your dream, somebody is going to pay you or hire you to build your build theirs. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with being submissive to one another? What's wrong with 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 um, being willing to accept help? What's wrong with that? What's wrong with actually helping people get to where they're trying to go because the day is going to come when the tables are turned and you're going to need help. And unless you're going to try to build an empire, like, do you realize you have to build an empire? You're probably going to need some employees. So you putting that energy out there. When I was working for people, I was one of the best dang on employees ever. I was a good follower. Like for real, for real, my executive producers knew when they had TJ on the team, they had a beast that was going to actually cover their butt. So this whole egotistical, I got it like that. I'm, a, you know, I'm a build this by myself. It like I saw the other day. What was the 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 thing that I saw the other day? Rule number one: trust no one. And I remember reading it like how lonely and how sad of a situation or a life do you live where you actually don't trust anybody? How lonely of, of, of an existence is that? Don't rely on anybody. That was another one I see all the time. Go get your own paper. It's like, when, why? It's so much more, and there's, it's backed up by scripture. I think it's Ecclesiastes that say two are better than one because if one falls, the other one can help them back up or something like that. It's one of those. I think it's Ecclesiastes 3, 1, something like that. But it's even biblical that we need each other. And so I don't want to lose. I started being really committed to making sure that no one that I loved, hey, Bert, that no one that I loved would leave this earth questioning if I love them. Here's what I know about my uncle when he passed. He knew I loved him. When I had just talked to him, I told him I loved him. I don't want to leave here without y'all knowing how valuable you are to me. I need y'all to show up and listen to me because if I got to walk around this house and actually have all this energy and it'll have nowhere to go. Like I finally came to terms with actually saying, I love being on stage and touching people's heart. I love, and Renekah noticed this about me. I had gone through like a depression, not anything big. And she says, because you haven't been out hugging people. And I had to realize, yeah, that's it. I need that. There's nothing wrong with saying that. I have to be out. And so she was like, we have to build a strategy that as much as you are, you know, you cool behind the computer screen, but there's something in you that needs to be out amongst people so that you can love on them. You got too much energy. You have to feed that somewhere. And there was a time where I wouldn't say that at all. Like, I don't need to do that. Because then that to me shows I need to rely on y'all. I need you to be there for me. And the truth is I do. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. So I am determined to just own, I'm needy. And, and I'm only needy to people who have issues, that, that have the issues I used to have. 
I'm only that because the people who are are clear, we are human beings that have emotional needs. And if we don't get it, it impacts us. If we're not doing the thing that fuels our soul, that gives us joy, if I'm not out hugging people, if I'm not on stage speaking, whether I'm teaching media or speaking from my heart, doesn't matter. If I'm not doing that, if I'm not expressing my creativity, when I was an editor, I used to have a sign on my door that says free hugs. And I would have people come into my room and just be in my space. I needed that. I like working alone, but I like having people, the buzz of people around me. Like, I don't need you, you know, uh, I don't need to, to, to be in a whole crowd of people. I just need to be able to open my door and there are people. And so I want us to make the shift versus I accept that although I'm an introvert, I need to be around people on a regular basis. And it's like stuff like that you don't think about, right, Bert? It's like you have to come to that to that awakening of this is what's this is the issue. I need the energy of people. I need I I enjoy my my own company immensely. Like I still can go days and not talk to anybody, <laughs> but if I go too long, people can people will notice. And that's what Renee could point out. She said, "You know what the problem is?" I was like, "Nate, I've just been in a funk. I can't explain it." So you know what the problem is? You haven't haven't spoken in about two months. And you need that. That's who you are. And so I really want us, I really want us to just own who we are as individuals. And I promise you, if it does not take the life out of you, you can make a comeback. That's why resilience is my favorite word. God is really, and I'm, I'm sure I'm going to end up sharing this message, but God is really dealing with me in these last it's probably since February, he's been really dealing with me on the concept of unconditional love because I didn't think I had it. Because for me, when I divorced my husband, clearly we ran up on some conditions that <laughs> I ain't got no love for you. <laughs> I'm out, deuces. Um, and so I honestly was like, I don't, I don't think I have the capacity. And God was, God started showing me, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. And I'm going to take you through. And so he's been, and some of you have seen me journal it kind of um, on social media. Just everywhere I turn around, he's teaching me lessons on love. Because I'm clear, I, I want people around me to know that they matter. And my needs are not dependent on whether another person comes through for me. Yes, God will provide. However, what if what I need from them feeds their soul? That's no different than with my work with Reneka. Reneka is most happy when she is doing strategy. I'm not. Strategy feeds her soul. She don't really want to be bothered with the emotional and, and the heart space. Just put her in a corner, give her a computer and give her some numbers and she good. Me, I don't want to be in the corner with the numbers. I want to be huddled up with people loving on them. And we understand that about each other. So we give each other what we need. What is wrong with that? In your marriages, pay attention to what your spouse, I'm like this even with my friends. What is their love language? How do they feel loved from me? 
I'm like that with my friends. So I really need y'all, for those of you who listen to this live or even on a replay, I need y'all to pay attention to what the love language is for your marriage so that your spouse can feel loved. And your spouse may never be able to communicate that that's what they need, but make them take the quiz, get to the bottom of, so you will know how to love them in a way that they feel it. There's a difference. Yes, you can love them, but if they don't feel it, then that's a whole different ball game. So I think that's my heart. I think that's from my heart tonight. Like I said, I usually try to come up with lessons I want you to learn and strategy, you know, have a, a one step two. I don't have it tonight. I'm just hoping that you can hear my heart and find if if you were that type of person who is living in this shell and living in a space where you feel like you can't depend on people, you can't count on people, they hurt you. Yes, they always People have the capacity to hurt you, but what kind of life devoid of love and emotion and feelings and joy is that? Do you really want to just go through your days like that? And that's why you see me do with these hashtags of it's, it's a blessing to be loved. It's a privilege to love and a blessing to be loved. That is what I really feel. I have so much love in my heart that it's got to go somewhere. <laughs> I feel sorry for whoever God sends as my second husband because I got a lot of love to heap on somebody. And it will be my honor and my privilege to make him feel like the greatest thing since sliced bread. And to cater, to support, to cheer, to root, to be there, to build, to do whatever because it's coming from a place of love. And if I can still walk away from a marriage that almost killed me and get back to this place where I still feel that there is a need, I feel I still feel that I, I want to love and be loved again. I know you can, too. Regina says the lesson is to have an open heart to love and be loved. Yep. I guess that would be if I boil down to it. And there's nothing needy about that. So needy is not a four letter word. Needy is not a bad word. Need is not something that makes you weak. You know, don't let society convince you that your needs, you even having a need makes you weak. Being able to actually articulate that you are, you have needs. It's to me is your greatest strength to be able to even put out here, guys, this is what I need from y'all. This is what I need help in. This is where I'm weak at. This is what I need from you to be able to put that out there takes courage and strength. Okay. So, uh, uh, Rochelle says I was, I don't know why my mom's text, my mom's text just keep, well, this is interesting. It just keeps coming through back to back. Okay. Um, Rochelle says I was playing it safe, staying away from everyone, but not anymore. Exactly. Exactly. Miss Rochelle. It's not vulnerability. That's the word. Nobody wants to be vulnerable. Nobody wants to be vulnerable. 
because it's scary. I ain't going to lie. It's scary when you start putting yourself out there. But here's what I know what I'm going to. I ain't saying you got to tell all your business, put it out there. I know what I'm called to do. I am called to be extremely vulnerable so that I can reach people to show them that they're not alone in how they're thinking. Now, but I understand it's scary, but you have to just determine you're going to come back from whatever happens regardless. And that is what I settled on right after my divorce was final. Come hell or high water, no matter what happens, if it does not kill me, I'm making a comeback. It may take me longer to get back up. I may be down for two weeks, two months, you know, depending on how hard the heartbreak is. But the beauty about getting older, too, is you know how to deal with heartbreak. You know how to deal with betrayal, you know, because you've had experience in it. And you know that you're going to get back up if it doesn't kill you. So I hope that was helpful. I hope you can find the value in that and to apply it to your own life and um, be okay with just saying I'm needy. <laughs> my, my brother thought it was a slam. I was like, you just gave me the best compliment ever. <laughs> yes. I'm needy. Get used to it. So anyway, let's count it down. I'm going to be out in 10, 9. I'm traveling to Dallas on Thursday to play with the wonderful Roberto Candelaria. I'm teaching media on Friday and Saturday in Dallas. I'm excited about that. Bert says, I appreciate you. Watching you has helped me to be willing to in sharing the vulnerability of being an entrepreneur. Yay, Bert. I love me some Bert. All right. So what was I Eight, seven, six, five. Thanks for coming to listen, y'all. I appreciate you. Four, three, two, one. See y'all later. Well, that's it. Hopefully you enjoyed what my TT shared with you. And like she always says, let's go out and make God smile. And don't forget to hug somebody. It's T2 Mercer signing off now. See y'all later.